Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. I want to go to the book of Ephesians today, chapter 6. We're going to read a scripture there, and not sure if I'm going to preach or teach or exhort or what, but we'll, we'll just track, track this as we are led here, and we'll come to the desired place God has for us. Amen? Amen. We'll end up where we're supposed to be. Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to start there. Father, thank you for your word today. Your word's a lamp to our feet, a light to our path, and we thank you. Anoint us now to receive it, anoint me to speak it. Let the glory of the Lord be manifested in our midst and help us to get a revelation of what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Ephesians chapter 6, I want to read one verse there, verse 18. The Bible says, praying always. Well, that's quite a bit, isn't it? Anybody think you could maybe... Uh, Step it up a little bit. All of us could, right? With all prayer, or all kinds of prayer, and I don't have time to teach on this this morning, but there's different kinds of prayer. You know, prayers of thanksgiving, prayers of praise and worship, prayers of intercession, prayers of supplication and petition and, and agreement and prayer of faith and so forth and so on. But he said, pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for myself. No. Oh, for all saints. How many you know uh, we're supposed to pray for other people? And so, I don't know. <laughs> this is kind of a simple message. It's real deep, but uh, that's all right. I just felt like I needed to exhort you today to, to, to remember to pray for other people. Amen. So, we're going to call this praying for others. Amen? Amen? Praying for others. Why? Because God wants to answer prayer. How many know that? You know, and, and uh, kind of Brother Kenny kind of led us into this a little bit, some of the things he said, um, you know, and some things that uh, have happened already. But, you know, I'm convinced that I am uh, born again. I am in the ministry because other people prayed, specifically my dear mother there on the second row. You all ought to thank her today after service because you wouldn't have a pastor if it wasn't for her. Amen. And, and, and you know why, you know, and I, I remember, you know, when all this began to come together, I just got saved. I haven't been saved, but, but uh, just a little bit, you know. And, and there was a guy that used to come to, to, to the church where I got born again at, and uh, his name was Robbie. Probably mom will misremember him. I don't, I'm not going to mention his last name. I think he's already went on to be with the Lord. Uh, but anyway, his name was Robbie, and Robbie had backslid. You know, he'd gotten away from God. So, you know, I mean, I'm full of zeal, which we all should be, right? You know, I'm out witnessing to people and things like that. And so I thought, well, Robbie's backslid. He needs God, you know. So I go to Robbie's house to, to talk to him, and I begin, you know, trying to lead him back to the Lord, you know. And he laughed. He said, this is funny. I said, why, why is that? He said, here you are coming to pray for me, and I used to pray for you. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, your mother would come to the full gospel meetings and ask for prayer for her kids. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. And you know what? It worked. Yeah. I said, it worked. Yeah. I would just go along just binding my own business like I didn't have good sense because I didn't have good sense in those days. And so I was just going along doing drugs, you know, alcohol, and just partying. And I was just enjoying my lifestyle. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. I was enjoying my lifestyle. I was just, I didn't, you know, I just thought as long as I wasn't hurting anybody else, I'm not doing anything wrong. So, you know, I'm just going along. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know. Now, I knew, the only thing I knew about God or Jesus Christ was that he was coming back. Because mom made sure that every 30 seconds she knew the Lord was coming back. <laughs> Amen. And I remember mom, she, mom, mom might not remember this, but I bet she does. She didn't like us going to the concerts. She did not like us going to the rock concerts, you know. In those days, there was a place in town called Robert Stadium. And they had all kinds, they had rock concerts. And we got, oh, you know, we went to, I mean, I've seen, I've seen so many different groups, you know. Some of, some of them you would not know because some of them are still performing. They just should be at home playing with their grandkids. But anyway... <laughs> You know, I mean, have you ever seen Mick Jagger lately? He needs to go home. No offense, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, you know, there's, this is a time when you realize, I, I, I don't got it any longer, you know. And so anyway, mom would always say, every time she knew I was going to one, she'd say to me, where would you be 
if Jesus came back and you're at that concert? Well, I thought probably the same place I'd be if I wasn't at that concert. Left behind. So that's about all I knew about God, but I'm just, having, I'm just going along, minding my own business. But all of a sudden, something began to happen. Something began to change. Something began to turn. I began to think about Jesus. I began to think about God. Now, I hadn't up until that time. Now, I'm not saying I never had thought about Him, but not seriously. Y'all listening to me? I wasn't serious about it. But all of a sudden, what I was doing, the way I was living, it started to look dark. And mom and, the, and, and her friends and her group and the church started to look good. Are you listening now? And I found myself, you know, I mean, you know, I was a rock and roller to the core. I know, you know, it doesn't look like it now, but I can bring the pictures out. I had the hair to prove it. And I was a rock and roll, and I liked the rock and roll scene and all that. And I would, do, you know, do what we rockers did, and, you know, the 60s and 70s and coming out of that. But all of a sudden, I began to, instead, I, I began to, instead of smoking pot and listening to Led Zeppelin, I started smoking pot and listening to Jimmy Swaggered. Because he was, you know, big time in those days before he got in trouble. And, um, you know, uh, and then there was another guy that I would uh, listen to him. His name was Jack Van Empey. Now, he's gone on to be with the Lord, and he, was a, he served God with uh, integrity all the days of his life. Amen. And so all of a sudden I'm thinking, and I remember one time, you know, mom went on vacation, her and dad went somewhere. You know, I was probably 19, 8, 20 years old, something like that, but I was still living at home. Mom and dad went on vacation, and she had a whole uh, cassette uh, album of uh, the Book of Revelation. Book of Revelation. Just, just what... You, you know, you need to know, right? And so, uh, and I say that because when you're born again, you just need Jesus. You don't need to know everything about Revelation. And so I, I remember she left. I thought, well, this will be a good time. I got that out and I'd, I'd get smoke pot and listen to that and just cry. <laughs> just cry. But you know what? I'm, I'm gaining some ground here. Instead of Led Zeppelin, it's a, it's a preacher, see? And, uh, you know, I, I, I would just, uh, because God began to, began to move in my life. And I'm convinced what happened. See, the Bible tells us in Corinthians that, that the God of this world blinds the minds of those that don't believe. Lest the light of the glorious gospel, right, should shine unto them. He had my mind blinded because people were praying. The blinders were coming off. Now, all of a sudden, I was beginning to see. Are you listening now? See, and so I'm making some headway here. Now, I'm not saved yet. I am, you know, I'm still doing the drugs and all that, but, but the, I'm coming towards the light. Something about it, when you see the light, it looks good. But some people can't see the light till you get that, till you, they get somebody praying for them. And so she was praying for me, others were praying for me, and, and, and all of her kids. And uh, so, you know, I just, I just remember those, that day, it was, it's, I look back on it and it, it's precious to me because I think, thank God, somebody was praying. Amen. I said, thank God, somebody was praying. Thank God, somebody was taking some time to intercede for somebody that was lost Amen. and bringing them together with God. Hallelujah. And so, you know, I, I mean, time went, it took a while. Don't you, how I many know you can't give up? I said, you can't give up. Because it took a while. I remember from the time God began to really first begin that, that those blinders began to start coming off. I was probably 19 years old when they first just barely began to lift. But it wasn't until I was 21 till I gave my life to Jesus. See? And so I remember those blinders coming off. And all of a sudden now, now listen now, my life's getting messed with. My life's getting turned upside down. And I, I remember one night going to a bar, and I was always, uh, you know, uh, up and doing something, had life about me. 
And I remember just sitting over there in the corner, just smoking one cigarette after another, drinking one drink after another. And I went there with my cousin. And on the way home, he said something to me. He said, what's wrong with you? <clears throat> I said, well, I don't know. I just, you know, just, I don't know. And he said something to me, Pastor Jerry, I'll never forget. He said, you're not thinking about getting saved, are you? Now, where that came from, I don't know. I said to him, as a matter of fact, I am. He said to me, he said, why don't you just go ahead and do it? I should. Well, about two months after that, I did. But it was because somebody was praying. Everybody say somebody was praying. See, you got to learn, it's, our prayer life isn't just all about us. How many know that? You know, the Bible tells us in Galatians, we're to bear one another's burdens. And Paul said here, praying always with all prayer, supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. How I many know you should be watching? What does it mean? Uh, the Bible talks about watching there with all perseverance. That means looking out. If you see your brother, your sister's got a, you can tell. How many, sometimes you can just tell. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You know, I appreciate Brian. The other day I jumped out of the truck and, and uh, you know, he helped me with some stuff. And then I went back in my office and I heard a knock on the door. I said, come in. Brian opens, sticks his head in the door. You all right, Pastor? He said, you, you, you just didn't jump out of the truck the same way today. Something bothering you? I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Now, at that particular time, I think I just had some things on my mind I was thinking of. I don't know what they were now, but that's something I was thinking. There wasn't anything wrong with me, but I'm glad he checked. Amen. See, he was paying attention. I said he was paying attention. He looked. Now, pastor doesn't look the same like he normally looks. Are you with me now? And so he noticed that. And I don't really know. I, I, I think I was thinking about some, the meeting and the things, what, what we had going on, the meeting and all, and I think I was thinking about that. And then I lost my keys uh, to my truck underneath the seat. That aggravated me. And so <laughs> I, I think that might have been the big part of it. It's, it's like, yeah. You know how they fall down between the crack of the passenger seat, and it's like, no, I got to go dig those things out. And so, <laughs> but he saw that. I said he saw that. How you know? Sometimes we can tell when somebody's not doing well, and we don't have to be nosy. We don't have to, you know, interrogate them. But we can pray. We could might. Maybe the Lord might even lead you to ask something. Are you doing all right? You need prayer for anything? You know, and if they want to tell you, they will. If they don't, they won't. Amen. But I want you to know we need to be praying for other people. Listen to this, Job 42.10. The Bible says God turned Job's captivity when he prayed for his friends. So a lot of times we're praying for our deliverance, but if we'd be praying for somebody else's deliverance, we'd get delivered. Now go in your Bible to Genesis. I'm going to just teach a little bit today. Is that all right? Let's go to Genesis chapter 6, because I want to show you something here in Genesis chapter 6. We just got to remember that, you know, sometimes we, it, it's easy. How I many you know it's real easy to get selfish if you're not watchful? Oh, yeah. You know, you've all heard that story about the guy prayed, you know, my, the, the guy whose name was Jimmy who prayed, said, Lord, my name's Jimmy, take all you give me. Well, I mean, you know, God wants to bless us, right? I, I tell you what, here's the thing about uh, money. And Brother Kenny, he hit on this. God wants you to have it. He doesn't want it to have you. And he doesn't want it to have too big a place in your life. He wants you to enjoy it. He gave us richly all things to enjoy, right? So God wants us to enjoy things, right? So God doesn't mind you having things. He just doesn't want things having you. Amen. You know, it's like Brother Eddie that was here last uh, Sunday. He and I worked together for a number of years. I was his associate. We worked together for a number of years. I'll never forget this. This has stayed in my mind all these years about someone in our church. One time they got Brother Eddie and I and said, would you agree with me to get a better job? And so we did. We agreed with them, prayed for them. They got a better job. And I'm telling you, we didn't hardly see them all summer long because they made enough money to go buy a boat and be out on the lake all summer long. That is somebody that can't handle prosperity. And they just failed the test. Amen. 
And see, God will only bless you as your soul prospers. Amen. And you got to get that soul prosperity. Now, it wasn't wrong for him to have a boat. God doesn't mind you having a boat. Amen. He doesn't want the boat to take the place of him. He doesn't want you on the boat on Sunday when you should be in the house of the Lord. Amen. God doesn't mind us doing all these things. He doesn't mind us playing. He doesn't mind us having fun. But he doesn't want that fun to come before him. And we can say it doesn't come before Him, but if we allow it to keep us out of His house, it comes before Him. No matter what we're saying, our actions are proven, it comes before Him. So God wants, God, God wants first place. Amen. And so He'll bless you, but, but sometimes it's a test, and you don't want to fail the test, because I don't know about you, I want to be more blessed. Because the more blessed you are, the greater blessing you can be. Amen. I've said this, and I've said this for years. I've said that Phyllis and I are going to be preaching somewhere on a Sunday morning. Hadn't happened yet, but it's going to happen. And they're going to be taking up an offering for their building fund, and her and I are going to pay for the whole thing. Amen. You say, where are you going to get that money at? Well, I don't know. I, the, the, uh, the only, there's only two ways I can see to get it right now. Either steal it <laughs> or from God blessing me with it. We'll take the second one. <laughs> Amen. You know what I'm saying? Because we're talking a lot of money here. So, so, and, and God will check you because, you know, one time I heard somebody uh, say one time, I've just overheard them. I wasn't, I wasn't eavesdropping, but I heard them say they wanted something. They, it was a younger person, a teenager. And they said they wanted something. And, when, and I wasn't, I just heard them because they were, I was, on, I was up front and they were up front talking to somebody else and I just overheard that. And they said, boy, I really want this. And they named what they wanted. And when they said that, I'm not kidding you, I heard the voice of the Lord. The Lord said, make that happen for them. And I thought, well, my first thought was, well, yeah, well, you know, my first thought was, yeah, Lord, I'll do that. But the second thought was, I can't even make it happen for me. I can't even buy it for myself. It's more money than I have. And, and I said, Lord, if you'll get me the money, I'll do that. And I said that for about two, three months. Lord, if you'll get me the money, I'll do it. I even, even testified about it. You know, I even said it to other people that the Lord told me. I didn't tell them exactly what he told me to do. I said, but I, but I just believe in God going to get me that money. You know, one day a check came in the mail and there was that money. Now, you know what my Juan Reflesh said? You know what, at first, it didn't think about what I told God. It didn't think about buying or blessing somebody else. It thought about what could I get me. And through the Holy Ghost and my wife, <laughs> we got that straightened out real quick. Amen. For that went any further down the road there. Amen. And caused corruption in my life. Because when I saw that, I knew that's God. God brought that to me. This, this was unexpected. Didn't know it was coming. Amen. I didn't know it was coming. And uh, it was just an unexpected blessing, and it came from God, and it was like just about enough money to buy that young person what they wanted. And so we obeyed God. And, and I'll tell you something now. God will check you out. You know, you're hearing me now. And one of the ways, like Brother Kenny said, he checks you out is every Sunday morning with the tithe. Amen, or whenever it is that you tithe. Amen. Now, did you find uh, the uh, book of Genesis? Yes. I'll give you a hint. First book in the Bible. Genesis chapter 6. Go there. It says in verse 5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Well, that is, you know, we're just about to get there right now, aren't we? Remember what Jesus said? Somebody said, when's the Lord come back? Well, Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah. As it was in the days of Lot. That's the way it's going to be when the Son of Man comes. Well, we're there right now. Amen. And verse 6, and it repented, that's the old King James, the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. Now, <laughs> I want you to think about this. Uh, man has gotten so bad that God said, I'm sorry, I even made him. And if I had it to do over again, I wouldn't. Amen? It's like your kids sometimes say, well, I didn't ask to be born in this family. 
And then you tell them, well, if you had asked, the answer would have been no. That's where God's at. The answer would be no. Wish you hadn't done this. That's pretty bad, isn't it? And it says, look what the Lord said. And the Lord said. Now, you know the thing about God, when he says stuff, look out. God said, let there be light. And there was light. God said, let the earth bring forth, and it brought forth. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repented him. It repenteth me that I have made him. Or in other words, I regret I did it. And that, that's, that's a bad spot to be in, isn't it? God said, I want, I, he said, I'm going to wipe out, I'm going to wipe out all the creation I've made. I'm going to wipe it all out. Think about that. But then, everybody better thank God for verse 8. But Noah. Everybody say, but Noah. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You better thank God Noah found grace or you wouldn't be here today. You are, now listen to us, you are a partaker of the grace that was on Noah's life. All of mankind is benefiting from the grace that was on Noah's life. Now why am I saying that? Because here's the thing. You and I in Christ Jesus, we have something called grace on our lives. We have something called grace. And God, listen to this, God, God, others can, let me say it this way, others can partake of, God, of the grace that's on our life if we'll pray for them. I want to read, I'm going to give you a scripture. You don't have to turn to it, but I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified Bible. This is Job 22:30. Listen to how, listen to what this says, uh, because the Amplified Bible really says it really well. Amplified Bible, Job 22:30 says, talking about God, said, He will deliver the one for whom you intercede who is not innocent. Yes, he will deli- be delivered through the cleanness of your hands. What's, what's that saying? God said, if you'll intercede for those that are guilty, they'll get delivered because of the grace that's on your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Right. Remember the Bible talks about in um, James that the, the, the prayer of a righteous man avails much. It makes much power available. Think about that. God can, God can through our, because of our position. Listen, listen to this. Now, listen now. He's made us kings and priests, the Bible says. Yeah. The, actually, the, the Bible, God said in Exodus, he said, he said, I want to make you, he told Israel, he said, I'm going to make you a kingdom of priests. I'm going to make you all a kingdom of priests. Well, <laughs> it didn't happen with them because of the way they lived. But in the New Testament, the Bible says we're all kings and priests. Now, what does a priest do? Well, he offers up sacrifice on behalf of others. See, and that's what Peter said. He said that we're priests, and he said, now listen to the way he said this. He said to offer up spiritual sacrifices. See, we don't offer up, you know, natural sacrifices, lambs and bulls. Thank God. I said, thank God. Ours are spiritual sacrifices. And one of those things is prayer. One of those sacrifices is prayer. We offer up prayer uh, and, and praying for others. We're priests. What does the priest do? He intercedes for the, he intercedes, he's a go-between between God and men. Right? Now we know Christ is the mediator, right? But he uses us as ambassadors. Amen. And so we, we can literally pray for people and God will deliver them because of our prayers. Hallelujah. And that's what happened to me. That's how I got here. That's how I, that's how I got saved. That's how I got, um, God began to deal with me. Because somebody was praying. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for it. Yes. We're just stirring you up, man. Your prayers do something. Yes. You got to think about other people. Amen. Yes. And you can pray them out. Of, you, you know, Jude said you can snatch them out of the fire. You can snatch them out by, by praying for them. Because you have, listen... You have a place with God they don't have. Right. Amen. 
You know, I'm talking about praying for the lost here, interceding for the lost. Now, you know, of course, we pray for one another. Sometimes, how many know we all need help, right? Now, let, let's go. I want to look at a few more things. If, if, let's go to Luke chapter 11. Go there. Luke 11, Luke 11. And I want to talk to you a little bit about this, about, about praying and about staying with it. We have to develop something called stamina. Are you listening now? You know runners that run. Uh, when you're training for a marathon, I've, like I said, I've never done a full marathon. I've done a few halves. I don't think I'll ever do a full one. <clears throat> but still, there's still some of the same principles. Uh, you know, when you're training, you got to train. You know, you know, you just don't just show up, you know, 25 pounds out of overweight like I am today. Since I stopped running, you know, I've put on 26 pounds. I know you're shocked you couldn't tell, but anyway, so I'll let you know. But anyway, and so, but, you know, when I'd run them, you know, you don't just show up and run them. You don't just decide, you know what, hey, there's a half marathon town next week. I think I'll go do that. Now, I have seen people that do that, but they end up in the medical tent on the back of a golf cart or in an ambulance. All right, Sunset Hills, if it gets bad enough. I've actually seen them laying over on the side of the road. I just kept on going. I wasn't like the good Samaritan. <laughs> I kept going. I got a race to run. Somebody will find you. You're a compassionate pastor. I just want you to know how compassionate. Don't ever have a problem and call me. I could tell they were still breathing. <laughs> I thought, well, now that's somebody that just showed up, see. Now, how do I know that? Because they wouldn't be there if they had done it right. Are you listening now? They wouldn't have been there. Now, they, see, what, 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 and what I was going to say was you follow, you follow a plan, you, you, get a, you get a training plan. And I would, I would do one. It, I, have, I had one that I've done, did, did for years. When I, I mean, you know, every day, I'm, every week I'm out running so many days a week, so many miles. But then when you're training for the race, you got to pick it up. So you start on a training plan and you would do two shorts, you know, runs. And then you do, well, or two or three short runs during the week. But then on the weekend, you do what's called long run, long run. And it might start out at five. And then you go to six the next week. Then you go to seven. And you go to 8, and you go to 9, 10, 11, 12. So you're up there, you know. So now once you're at 12, you know, you know I've got it. You know, i got the stamina built up. I can do this. Because one, one point, you know, one, one mile, 1.1 mile, you, know, you can add that on. That's not going to be a problem once you're already up there. And so you build up that stamina. Well, I've just learned that a lot of people don't have much stamina when it comes to prayer. If they don't see results quickly, then they give up. They fall. They stop. It's not working. But you have to understand something. There are sometimes forces that have to be dealt with. That you have to stick with it. And you have to pray. And that why, why else would Jesus say men ought always to pray and not faint? See, when you read Jesus' teachings on prayers, a lot of it deals with sticking with it. A lot of his, stay with it. It's not that we're trying to talk God into doing anything. It's just that we're dealing with things in the spirit realm that maybe we don't know anything about. And sometimes, just like, just like you know, mom praying for me and others praying for me to get born again, God had to change me. They had to keep that prayer force applied and God just kept working on me until one day, you know, <clears throat> I just couldn't get over what I was going to tell everybody. I was, you know, with all this people that I did drugs with and party with, they're not going to leave easy. They're not going to leave you alone easily. And I thought, well, how am I going to tell all of them? But God had to work with me until that didn't matter what they thought. Amen. And, you know, he works in some of the strangest places. 
That broke off of me in a bar. That concern of what people are going to, how am I going to get away from everybody? That broke off of me in a bar. I was in a bar. It was a place that, it was a dive. I'm out. I wouldn't even go in there and get a tenderloin now. <laughs> then I was in there and that band, you know, the band was two levels of the bar and the band, I was downstairs, the band was playing and there was a dance floor. And the band was playing a, a song and it was kind of a newer song in those days. It was called On the Highway to Hell. Now how come you all know what that song is? Huh? <laughs> Case blaming it on me. He said, heard me say. How many knew it before I said it? How many know what band played it? That's too many. <laughs> yeah, I did too. I saw them, at, I saw them down at the, the Civic Center here in town one time. Uh, and they were playing that song on the highway to hell, and people were dancing. And something broke off of me that night. I'll never forget. I looked at that, and I thought, wait a minute. These people are dancing because they're going to hell. And I thought, that's the people I'm allowing to lead my life? This is crazy. Now you understand. Listen, before you get too sanctimonious, come on, you were there. So was I. And the only reason you know any difference is because somebody prayed for you. And God opened your eyes. That's the only reason. You look at that and say, what fools? Well, yeah, but you were one of them. So was I. And the only reason we're different is because of the mercy of God. And I remember now, this, is just, this might as well happen yesterday. I remember thinking, I am getting out of here. These, I'm not singing about going to hell. It means something to me now. God's dealing with me. Before, it was just a song, you know. We ain't thinking about it. Just a song. We don't mean it. But now it means something. And I mean, I remember I said, I'm, I'm getting out of here. And so I got up, and a friend of mine with me, uh, we got up, and I said, let's go upstairs to the bar upstairs. What, when I say upstairs, there's a couple, three steps up, another level, and they had a bar up there, but they didn't have band. And so I said, let's go up there. So as I'm, get, <laughs> as I'm getting ready to go up there, I saw another one of my friends leaning against the back wall. He's just standing there, and he's just staring off into space like he wasn't even there. And my friend said to me, boy, he's, he's wasted tonight. Oh, yeah, he is. And I, God is my witness. I'm telling the gospel truth. When I got ready to step up on that first or second step to go upstairs, the voice of the Lord came to me. And the Lord, because I had just said, my friend had just said, boy, he's wasted tonight. And I said, yeah, he is. I took that step and I heard the voice of the Lord. The Lord said to me, no, he's not. He's just going through what you're going through. Well, I thought that can't be. And no, God... Nobody in his place is thinking about God. And do you know what? Two weeks later, he gave his life to Jesus Christ and still serving him today. Amen. Amen. Somebody called me about two weeks later and said, Did you hear what happened? And I won't name him because this is uh, live streaming. But they, had, they mentioned, Did you hear what happened to him? I said, Well, no, I was waiting for a car wreck or overdose or something. And they said, He got saved. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm next. I'm next. You know why that came back? Because somebody prayed for me. I said, somebody took some time to pray for me. They thought they forgot about himself and began to intercede about somebody else. And Noah, man, he had, thank God for the grace that was on his life. Amen. Now, we're going to close right here. Did you get anything today? Go to, uh, go to uh, well, just find Luke 11. Let me say this before we read it. How many know we got somebody interceding for us right now? Amen. The greatest intercessor that ever lived, his name is Jesus. The Bible says that he is at the right hand of God making intercession for us. It says he ever lives to make intercession for us. Paul said, who is he that condemns? And it's not Christ because he's at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. Therefore, he went on to say, because of that, he said, there's life nor death, amen, nor famine, nor nakedness, nor peril, nor certain nothing can separate us 
from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. What is he saying? He said, in all these things, he named that tribulation, persecution, all those things that might come against us. He said, in all these things, we're more than conquerors. Through him that loved us and is making intercession for us. In other words, we can defeat all, all those things because Christ is making intercession for us. And, and, and the scripture went on to say, uh, and, and, and it named all those things, which I can't remember them all right now, but you can read them in Romans 8. But it named all those things that could come against us. And it talked about how we were victorious, all of them. It said nothing would defeat us. Nothing would separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. It says, no, 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 cre no neither any creature, the King James, creature. You know what creature is? Might have been Pastor Chuck was talking about, or maybe it was Brother Eddie was talking about. Creature means created thing. So not, I was reading that one day. No created thing can separate us, can defeat us because of Christ's intercession. I was reading that one day, Pastor Chuck, and it dawned on me. Well, that's everything but God. He created everything. Everything on that list. Every, that means everything. That means cancer. Any kind of sickness. Any kind of problem, it can't beat me because Christ is making intercession for me. How, I just need to believe that. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. You know why? Uh, well, I don't have time to teach this, but let me just let me say this before we read this. You, 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 you know what, what the problem is in the, in, the, in the modern church today, the biggest problem? We can name a lot of things. We can say, well, this or that. I, I'm going to tell you the biggest problem in the modern church today is a lack of life. I'm talking about spiritual life. Yes. See, the, the Bible said in Isaiah 66, when Zion travails, she brings forth her children. We always taught that years ago. Zion's the church. Travailing is travailing in prayer. Spending time in prayer. It brings forth fruit. How many know fruit is a product of life? How many know man-made things can't produce life? Did you know that man can make a... Can, well, I say maybe made in the right word to say it. But man can produce a mule... But a mule can't produce a mule because it wasn't God's idea. Are you with me? Anything that's a God idea produces life. Amen. And so we have a lot of man-made ideas in the church how to grow the church. And to be truthful with you, it may have some natural zing to it, but it doesn't have spiritual life. It's dead. I said it's dead. Amen. Now thank God for mules. I see them on westerns a lot. They do a lot of good. But they're man's idea. Amen. All right. Look at Luke 11. Are you there? Amen. Amen. So, you know, a lot of times people say, well, man, boy, I, my, yeah, I've had people say, boy, boy, you, you know, I've had guest speakers tell me, say, well, man, you can sense the anointing in your church. Well, it didn't cause the team so talented. They are talented. They are very good. But there's a lot of good musicians. And I had a friend of mine go to Nashville to make a record, and he came back, and he said, my gosh. He said, there's a lot of good musicians down there. What's the difference? It's praying, and it's life. Amen. It's life. There's life about it. Spiritual life. Amen. So, you know, you can have talent, but ta and talent's good, but talent, don't, ta talent doesn't do it. You've got to have life. Amen. Amen. Only God can produce life. Amen. Now, now let's, let me, let's go to Luke 11. We'll close right here. Come on, you get something out of this today? Amen. Verse 1, it says, It came to pass as, as he was praying, that's Jesus, in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So what, what, what is Jesus going to do here? He's going to teach them teach about prayer, right? 
All right, so we, we don't, you know, we don't need to read verse 2, 3, and 4. That's what we call the Lord's Prayer. It's just a model prayer for praying for things. But he continues teaching on prayer in verse 5. He said, and he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at, at, uh, at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey is come, and I have nothing to set before him. And... Uh, so I want you to notice this. What is he talking about here? Well, he's talking about this guy came uh, to his friend for a friend. Got that? He's not coming because he needs three loaves. He's coming because his friend needs something. That's intercession, isn't it? Right? And, and verse 7, and, and he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give you. In other words, it's just too much trouble. Amen. <laughs> Phyllis is laughing at me. <laughs> Wednesday night after church, some guy, uh, he was a young guy. I don't know what he did, but he's driving too fast. And, and the road that you turn off to go to our uh, subdivision, he had driven his car off in that ditch and had him somehow spun it around and had it turned the other way. And he and a car had stopped, you know, and it's just pouring rain. And uh, you know, he, he I don't know, you could you see could see could see skid marks like he had to be driving too fast. He didn't just fall asleep, he he tried to lock him up, keep him going in there. So he tried to take that corner to high speed. It's not really that much of a corner, but if you try to take it too high speed, you're not, you might not make it. He didn't make it. And so we get in the house, you know, and I told her, I said, I'll tell you what, if if uh, if I wasn't hungry, <laughs> and it wasn't raining, and I didn't have my dress clothes on, I'd go down there and help him. <laughs> I said, what you going to do, stand there and help him look at it? <laughs> I told her, I said, well, I'll tell you one thing, the cops are coming, because he calls a tow truck, they're coming, their cops are coming too, so... <laughs> I don't know what he'd done, but he was, he'd done something wrong. Well, anyway, that's where this guy's at. I'd get up, but it's late. <laughs> I mean, don't you just hate it when your doorbell rings at 2 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> so I suppose you're like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know it. I wouldn't know it. All right. But see, he, now listen to this. Verse 8, he said, I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he's his friend. Now listen to this. Yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Now listen, what Jesus said. He said, well, the key here wasn't really necessarily, necessary, necessarily that he was his friend because uh, the, the guy said, hey, I'm in bed. My kids are in bed. I'm not waking them up. You know how hard they are to get back to sleep. I ain't getting those kids up. How many of y'all parents like that? Your kids go to sleep, don't move. <laughs> Amen. Well, that's where this guy's at. And, 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 but Jesus said, but the guy just kept knocking. Right? He kept saying, hey, need some bread. And Jesus said, because of that, he'll give him as much as he needs. Now, that word importunity, we, how many used the word importunity yesterday? How many used it this year? See, it's not a word we use, but here, here's, it has some different meanings, but one of the things it means, importunity means persistence. And it means, listen to this, this is, this is the definition, persistence especially to the point of annoyance. <laughs> How many know you got kids? They've learned that, right? Yeah, they know what importunity means. <laughs> now, it also means boldness, see, and it means an insistence. You know what insistence means? You're going to, you insist, this, I'm going to have this. Now, what does God mean there? Well, let me give you a couple exam examples, and we'll close and let you go. Let, let, let me give you a couple examples about, some, about a couple guys, a couple men in the Bible that knew about importunity. One of them's name was Abraham. Remember Abraham? You know, God, and, and I think it was two angels, came 
and visited Abraham one day. And they, they let him know, said, we are, we're going to go and we're going to check on Sodom and Gomorrah. And if it's like what we've heard, we're going to destroy the place. Remember that? Genesis 18. Well, Abraham got to thinking, well, my nephew lives there. So he goes to God. He begins to, he begins to intercede. He said, now, Lord, he said, uh, if there's 50 righteous in there, you wouldn't destroy the place for, the, for 50 righteous, would you? That'd be far from you. Shall not. Now, listen to the way he talks to God. Now, I'm not talking about being brassy or bold to, rude to God. That, that'll get you known. But I'm talking about his boldness here. Are you all with me now? Uh, listen to what he said to God. Would, would, would not the judge of all the earth do right? What's he say? You wouldn't do that. God said, well, if I find 50, I won't. Abraham said, now, Lord, what if there's only 45? He got to thinking, I don't think there's 50 there that are righteous. He said, what if there's 45? The Lord said, no, I'll spare the place for 45. He said, uh, now, Lord, uh, what if there's only 40? The Lord said, all right, I won't destroy it if there's 40 there that are righteous. Abraham said, now, Lord, don't get angry with me. Listen, this is boldness, isn't it? He's talking to God Almighty face to face. He said, what, what if there's just 30? The Lord said, all right, I won't do it for 30. He said, now, Lord, uh, what if there's only 20? <laughs> See, he realized how bad this place is. He said, I don't know. I don't know if there's 20 there. And the Lord said, no, I won't do it for 20. He said, now, Lord, he said, now, listen, I'll just speak one more time and I'll shut up. He said, what if there's just 10? See, I think he thought there's got to be 10. And the Lord said, if there's 10, I'll spare the place. Listen to that. How many think God will spare America? Amen. There's more than 10 here, right? Amen. But, but now listen now. It takes something, though. It takes something. Listen to this. The Bible says that, 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 that God went His way. Those angels went their way, and they went, they went to Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Bible says that they, those angels went there to get Lot out, and Lot didn't want to go. They had to grab him by the hand and drag him out of the city, lead him out of the city. And they said, now get out of here because we can't do anything till you're out. Did you hear that? Now, now, in Genesis 19, 29, it says this. It says, when God overthrew the cities which Lot dwelled in, he remembered Abraham. He didn't do it for Lot's sake. Job the scripture we read, he'll deliver the one that's not innocent because of the cleanness of your hands for whom you intercede. Amen. You see, I wasn't doing anything to deserve God's mercies, but mom was. I said mom was. Now, I don't want to embarrass her, but uh, might as well say it to her where she can hear it. You've heard me say it before when she wasn't here. I've never seen my mom compromise her faith in the I don't know how many years she's been serving the Lord, but since the 70s anyway. Amen. I've never seen her compromise her faith once. She lived righteous. Amen. She's living righteous. She always did. Amen. Are you with me now? Amen. Now, I, see, God delivered me because of her and others that may have been praying. Amen. Amen. So Abraham, he, he's an example, isn't he, of, of importunity, right? He just uh, Now, let me give you one final one, and we'll close today. How about a guy by the name of Moses? You remember Moses is up there getting that revelation from God. You know, the Ten Commandments and the tabernacle and all that. Israel's down below partying. Drunken party. Made a golden calf. That's got to be one of the dumbest things Aaron ever did was his explanation. Moses said, where'd this come from? Aaron said, well, I threw this gold in the fire and that calf came out. <laughs> How many know that didn't fly? Moses didn't believe it and God knew better. Amen. And so God told Moses, he said, now I'm going to destroy. He did this more than one time. He said, I'm going to destroy the whole bunch. Listen to Moses. 
And now listen to what God said. Now listen, this is what King James says. Because Moses starts interceding for them, and God said, let me alone. You know what that translates to? Get out of my face. God was hot. Do you know God's got emotions, right? He was hot. And can you imagine? I mean, uh, we're, talking about, we're talking about a human being that God had to tell them, let me alone. How many think if God said that to you, you'd boogie? <laughs> let me alone. He said that my wrath may wax hot against them. I just want to wipe them all out. Listen to Moses. I love Moses. He said, now, Lord... If you do that, <laughs> and here's, let me say this before I say it. I always like this about it. You have to read this yourself. God told Moses, he said, the people that you brought out of Egypt. I love that about it. Because Moses would say, now, God, the people you brought out. But when they were acting up, God would say, Moses, those people you brought out of Egypt. <laughs> but anyway, Moses, Moses uh, he, he, he begins to intercede. He says, now, God, he said, if you destroy this people, he said, here's what's going to happen. He said, you, you, the, all the nations know that by your power and by your might, you brought them out of Egypt. But if you destroy them, they're all going to say he didn't have the power to get them into the promised land. In other words, you could get them out of Egypt, but you couldn't beat the giants. If you do that, all the nations are going to say, he just brought them out here and killed them because he couldn't get them in. Would you call that intercession? Would you call that a boldness? I'd call that boldness. And then he, then he went on. He said, now God, now wait a minute here. Now remember your covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob. Remember? What's he doing? He's interceding for him. As a matter of fact, the Bible said in Psalms, had not Moses stood in the gap and stood in the breach, God would have destroyed them all. Psalm 106, 23. But listen to us. I, I saw this yesterday and I hadn't even really noticed this. I don't, as, as much as I've read the Bible, I guess it didn't rest from Moses told Israel, he said, now when you did that, he said, I laid and I laid before the Lord and interceded for 40 days and 40 nights for you. Can you imagine that? Moses said, I, that Deuteronomy 9, you can look at it in your Bible study. Deuteronomy 9, Moses said, I laid before the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights interceding for you people, that God wouldn't destroy you. We just read that little section, you know, but he, he said, I was there 40 days and 40 nights praying for you all. That's a, that's a guy that knows how to pray for other people, wouldn't you say? I mean, it, you know, it had been me. I, I mean, the way they acted, I thought, well, God, let me step aside here. And let's watch your marvelous work. But see, he had, he, he had something, didn't he? Isn't it any wonder the Bible said he was the meekest man in all the earth? Why? He was hard to get riled up. He was hard to get riled up. But he stood in the gap. And guess what? They eventually got in, didn't they? You know that group? That uh, you know that got in there. I mean, they 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 better thank God for Moses, yeah. right? I'm gonna tell you all. They wouldn't have been in there if it hadn't been for Moses and his intercession. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.